Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. So Dr. Shan Hussain, welcome to the podcast and videocast. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Jay. Great to be on the show. Heard a lot about uh, about your work and uh, very very happy to be here. Yeah, my followers have been like so excited with this episode in, in a way that, you know, even though what's happening with the coronavirus and I really wanted to sit down and talk to a doctor and just basically talk about your thoughts because there's so much commentary going on um, on mm. social media. And sometimes, you know, I like to speak to who do I know in the field that can give their thoughts, you know, not medical opinions and that stuff, because there's experts, I'm sure there's experts and experts. It's more a case of, you know, what is your thoughts and have a, have a conversation like we do anyway. You know, yeah. you've been, you know, you graduated in 1999 from the Imperial College of, 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 of uh, Medicine, make sure you get that right. And so 20, 20 years in the field, so you yep. know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've been doing this for a while. Um, I've been a GP for 13 years, and uh, I have to say I have not seen anything like this. I don't think any of us have in, uh, in living memory. Um, this is uh, certainly, you know, appears to be very serious, and uh, we're getting media coverage, which is pretty much 24-7. And yes, there's a lot of people, unfortunately, right now who are spreading misinformation and myth-truth about uh, coronavirus and the seriousness of it. And I yeah. think it's really our responsibility to, to get the truth out there, get the facts out there right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you think about, obviously, you know, I'm 40 years, so we've been through a few things where the social media, I think this is probably the first time, we've never seen anything like this before anyway, but I think social media, in, in a, let's say, for example, a, a big, big event, this is probably where social media is now coming to play. Like 9-11, there wasn't that much there, do you know what I mean? The prior recession. So I think it's really important. You're right. I've got so many questions um, that I just want to ask, ask you. It's gone crazy. And I've had to select which ones I can ask because as you can see, when you get so much information out there, the experts that want to kind of speak to you, I'm sure you're finding mm -hmm. that now with yourself. Yes. I think uh, going back to what you said about social media, one of my concerns around its use at the moment is that if we have an underlying narrative and we see a post that seems to support that, yeah. It's very easy to share it without really fact-checking it or thinking about it first. And unfortunately, yeah. we're seeing a lot of that. And so, you know, one of the things I would want to encourage people to do is to, you know, just because they see something on social media, let's have a think about it, look at the sources, look at the facts before uh, going around and sharing it, because that kind of misinformation can be, can be serious. Yeah, definitely. So I want to start, you know, what, what is, I know there's a lot of, what is coronavirus? Because a lot of people don't understand actually what it is. So in, in your knowledge and the way you can describe it so my listeners and viewers can understand it, what is coronavirus? Okay, so it's a form of flu virus. So the only difference between this and our regular seasonal flu, firstly, two things, is that there's, there's no actual treatment for it as such, and there's no vaccination. And uh, the big thing right now we're finding is that it's spreading a lot quicker in that people can walk around and have it and be giving it to others without even realizing they've got it. And that sort of asymptomatic transmission can go on for about two to three weeks in some cases. So my concern is, is how quickly it's spreading without people even knowing they've got it. And the other thing to point out is that most people who'll get it will actually have mild to moderate symptoms and they'll fight it off. But it's those that we should concern ourselves about, you know, the at-risk groups, uh, the elderly, 
pregnant women, those with chronic disease, those with uh, compromised immune systems, they're the ones who we need to try and protect. And that's why these public health measures have now been put into place. I should also point out that everything I'm saying today is of um, is accurate as of uh, the 18th of March, uh, 2020. Yeah. And information is evolving and guidelines are changing all the time. So, you know, do keep yourself up to speed as to what uh, is important in, uh, in your particular area. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the, the scary thing is the compounding effect of how it's growing. I think mm. I just... I think as he came on, and this is again from today, is it's um, two hundred thousand now infected wow. people, and I think it was eight thousand nine deaths. And pe- you know, in in real terms, obviously people say there's more people dying of other causes, but if you look at how it's grown since late December, mm. you start seeing wow, that's a big increase, and if it compounds, and that's I suppose that's the worry with with the health and the government. That's why they're making these measures. Yes, I mean, this, it's almost exponential, the, the spread of this right now. And, uh, you know, we've got, really got to do everything we can, uh, we can reasonably do uh, to help to reduce this. And I think that's why we've, we've got these current guidelines in place, which I think are, are enough at the moment. Um, some might argue that they're not quite going far enough. I think that one of the things that I'm really wanting to emphasize is encouraging people not to panic about this. I'm actually very, very calm about this personally. Because oh, yeah. I'm doing everything that I reasonably can. So beyond that, you know, it's, it's really down to fate, I suppose, or whether you believe in fate or not. You know, if, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. So long as I'm stacking the odds in my favor, and yeah. you know, that's what I urge you and, and your listeners to do, just to do everything that you reasonably can to protect yourself without allowing this to create anxiety or panic or undue stress, because that's not going to do your health any good at all. No, because a lot of the illness is linked to that anxiety, stress and mm. all them kind of things. So would you, because a lot of people, you know, one of the questions was, what's the difference between having normal flu, like what many of us go through anyway, millions and millions of people and this new virus? So why is there so much media or well, general panic around this if it is just like, the, the, the seasonal flu, because many people die, I think it's maybe half a million around the world that die from seasonal flu. So why is there so much attention given to this, seeing that so many people will recover? Yeah, I think it's because of the actual mortality rates. If you compare them to seasonal flu, um, the actual rate is, is about tenfold, uh, yes. which, which is worrying. In terms of the symptoms, as far as you know, individuals go, many of them may well feel that it's actually not terribly different to seasonal flu. But a lot of people I'm hearing that I know who've personally got this are saying it's actually a lot worse. You know, it's, right, yeah. it's pretty devastating. Uh, people feeling, you know, physically exhausted, headaches, general aches and pains, uh, coughs and fevers, and, you know, barely able to move some of them. But uh, the good thing is many of them are recovering just with the important things that we need to do in such situations. Plenty of rest, fluids, good amount of sleep and good nutrition and just you know, taking care of yourself at home, keep yourself wrapped up warm. And uh, you know, that will help to help the body to fight it off uh, as best as it can. Yeah, so touching on that. So if you do go through that, obviously, you know, not so nice experience of having it, are you immune to it? Because there's a lot of, again, a lot of talk on social media, you know, once you get it, you're over it, and then you can let, let everybody have it. And you know, obviously, then we'll get on with it. But if you've had it, is it a bit like, I don't know, can you get it again? Is there any evidence at the moment that says once you've got it, got seasonal flu, you can get it the following year? Anything you've, you've heard about that? I don't think there's any evidence at the moment to really 
definitively say that. Um, whether this is going to be an annual thing or not, I certainly hope not. But um, yeah. at the moment, I think we're just managing it on a case by case and day by day basis, and just you know letting people, if they get it, just to take those sensible measures to help to contain it and allow their bodies to recover. In terms of being immune to it in the future, not entirely clear at the moment. I don't think there's enough research to definitively say yes or no either way. Yeah. And do you feel the spread, obviously, like, you know, the, the way it's spreading and it's mm. so contagious. Have we seen anything like this before? Have you, you know, have you seen in your medical practice in anything like, because it's the spread is scary. That's the thing. Is it a new thing we've seen or is there anything you can compare to? Well, the only thing I can compare it to in my career is uh, swine flu back in 2010 when I was, I was a GP then as well. And I actually got it, uh, which was uh, the, oh, wow. probably the only time yeah. I've caught flu. And it was it was pretty horrific for a few days. I was exhausted, uh, just no energy at all. Um, that's the only thing I can compare it to in my career. And the big difference then was that we had Tamiflu, which worked against it. And we had uh, the swine flu vaccine, which they created very quickly and uh, rolled out to GPs. Um, and we were giving that, I think, within a month or so. Okay, um, quick. to help to protect people. We don't have that with this. And also this seems to be spreading a lot quicker in terms of people not having symptoms, but actually having it can give it to others. We, we didn't have it. Um, I mean, the, the duration of that time seems to be longer in terms of like, you know, up to two or three weeks in some cases. Um, I don't think that was the case with swine flu. So that's the only thing I can really compare it to. But then, you know, I mean, you're comparing apples and oranges there. You know, this is uh, something that, that um, I haven't seen before in, in my lifetime and, and hopefully won't see again. So, yeah, so, so the, the comparison of swine flu is there, but not as, I mean, if you mentioned you've got uh, something within a month, they're saying, you know, will we find something like a cure or something to fight it quickly? Because some people are saying 18 months. Obviously, there's a business disruption. You can imagine in business, everyone's, you know, now I'm having loads of conversations with mentoring clients, etc. I mean, is it going to be as long as we think it is? Or like I said, will they find something soon, just like they did with swine flu? Um, I don't know for sure. Um, I have heard that uh, there have been people saying it's going to be 12 to 18 months. Who knows? Um, what I do know is that um, I have uh, friends who have um, associates working in, uh, in America with this. Yeah, and they're working flat out. They're they're absolutely working their socks off just to find a vaccine for this. Um, but even then, once they found it, they've got to go through the the trial phase and the testing phase, and and who knows how long that can take. Uh, with yeah. regular medications, that can take many months, sometimes even a year or two. So, yeah. um, I'm not waiting on a vaccine. Um, in terms of a cure, there is no cure, as there isn't a cure for the common cold or a flu either. Um, it's about how we can how we can fight it off, what we can do to protect ourselves, and once we've got it, if we get it, what we can do to help fight it off. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably why the, the unknown speculation. And, mm. you know, you're watching lots of other countries, such as, obviously, Italy and China and Singapore and all these South Korean are, are using different types of strategies. Now, you're in the medical profession. You've got lots of friends in that area. One of the questions that was quite asked on, on my post recently was why are, is the UK um, taking such a different view of how things are, you know, materializing out of the shutdowns? And do you think in your opinion, what medical people are seeing at the moment, is it the right approach or where are we with that at the moment? 
Mm, interesting question. Um, I'm going to try and answer that without getting myself into trouble. <laughs> um, in terms of how whether or not we're taking the right approach, well, I mean, what is the right approach? We don't we don't know how to define what the right approach is. Yeah. I think people are just looking at the best evidence that they have and taking advice from the top scientists that we have in this country and applying measures accordingly. I don't agree with everything that's being yeah. um, put out at the moment. For example, I, I, I feel that all people working in the healthcare profession should be tested. Yeah. Um, and that's a controversial viewpoint at the moment, but that's my opinion. Uh, and I'm happy to back it up. Yeah. Simply because, you know, if we've got people working in healthcare who don't, uh, who don't know that they've got it, but are then treating other people, then they're giving it to other people. Um, yeah, so that's something that I think does need to be rolled out. The other thing is, at the moment, the current guidelines, as I say, you know, uh, as accurate of the 18th of March 2020, is that if people have a cough, a persistent cough that's new or a temperature of 37.8 or above, 37.8 or above, yeah. then they should be self-isolating for seven days. You don't need to call your doctor. Uh, you can take advice from 111. Uh, this is for your UK audience, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, or 111 online. Um, but that you're not being tested. They're not testing you for it. They're just assuming that you've probably got it. And uh, just in a, as a caveat to that, if you live in a household with other people, then it's not seven days, it's 14 days, including the entire household. So no one should leave the house in that time, yeah. which, you know, has a, a huge effect on, you know, people's lives and professions and, you know, as we're seeing the economy now. But, you know, that's that's the guideline we've been given I can't really disagree with that, only I just feel that that testing should be a little bit more widespread, and perhaps it will be by the time you release this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think with, with testing-wise, I think that for business, as a, you know, being in a business podcast, there's the disruptions causing at the moment, you know, people can't send mm. the stuff in, people can't come to work, and yeah, it'd be great to get more testing done so we know where we're at with this, but yeah, it's mm. making a massive impact on businesses, but at the same time, it's a difficult one because your health is the most important thing, right? And um, if you neglect that, then obviously the business itself will fold anyway. So it's really important to do that. Do, do, do you think we're prepared for this? I mean, it just feels like this has come out, out of the blue and, and everyone's now uh, panic buying. You know, you've seen the, obviously the social media stuff of people taking toilet roll. Like, and even the other day, I went to the supermarket. Everything's gone now. Does mm. that show that the people think we're not prepared or are we not prepared with taking so many cases all in one go? Well, I don't think we could ever be fully prepared for something like this. Um, but I think, I mean, in terms of the panic buying, um, you know, it, it's easy to kind of, you know, look down our noses at such people and, and almost mock them. But in, in essence, that's a reflection of how fearful people are. Yeah, yeah, the sure. message I want to give is that fear is not serving you. It's not helping you at all. It's actually, you know, probably, um, lowering your your reserve and your constitution to potentially fight this off um as far as panic buying goes i mean you know i always just got back from the supermarket now and there's they're all out of bread um yeah, which really surprised me because uh, you know we're actually uh, quite a small neighborhood but uh, they were completely sold out yeah. um yes yeah, so there's a lot of that i mean i i'm not panic buying anything uh I think if I was to only panic by anything, it would be frozen vegetables <laughs> yeah. just to make sure that, you know, we're as a family, we're getting good nutrition within us and, and we're uh, managing to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, I mean, like I say, you, you can't pre really 100% perfectly prepare for this. We've just got to do the best we can 
And I think I think we are seeing that, you know, the, the healthcare profession that uh, I'm coming into contact with every day, they're working unbelievably hard right now. Um, you know, general practice is is really rushed off its feet. It's already very busy as we've lost so many doctors over the last five years. Yeah. And uh, hospital care is is just unbelievable how hard they're working right now. So, you know, it's it really does it does kind of make you proud to be part of a a, a strong profession and and I think it's great that uh, that we have uh, this resource to our hand. Yeah, very lucky. And is it, you know, your part, you know, the medical professionals, are they upbeat about this? Are they positive that we're going to get through this? Is there anything you're hearing from the medical professionals or, you know, because you said they're great. Actually, I know, I, know, I know many doctors myself and, you know, they're one of the guys who just get on the front line without even thinking about it and risking their lives sometimes. And how, how are they feeling? How's the morale at the moment? Well, in, in my practice, it's actually very good. Um, we're kind of coming together and looking after each other. And, you know, in these situations of, uh, um, you know, we, 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 we do find that was a lot of adversity, we kind of come together much better. And we're also seeing that across communities as well, people coming together and wanting to help others out. I don't mean literally coming together, but actually making themselves available to help people um, who are struggling to, um, you know, get supplies if, they're, if they've uh, been advised to self-isolate. But yes, in our practice, it's it's extremely busy. We are doing our best to uh, reduce uh, the actual face-to-face consultations. About eighty percent of my consultations yesterday were telephone, and uh, it's it went uh, it went very well. But uh, it was a long day, yeah. and yes, I think we need to get ready for some more long days coming going ahead. Yeah, and I appreciate your time, but I know you're really busy, and thank you for joining us. So, with regards to health, I know we can talk about the virus. A lot of it's unknown. So even if you ask the top medical people that are fighting this head on, it's difficult because people want the answer straight away, but it's difficult to say that when the testing's done. But, you know, for health, mm. you know, I know you're big on health um, and we'll share your podcast at the end and people can follow you. But, you know, what can we do? You, you mentioned looking after yourself. Is there any kind of things we can eat, uh, for, you know, that we can help? One of the questions was, what can we eat to get through this? So if we do get it, what kind of stuff can we have, you know? Is it, uh, do we need to eat certain types of food? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think um, if anyone gets it or gets symptoms of it, the most important things are obviously self-isolate, um, plenty of rest, lots of sleep, lots of fluids, keep yourself warm. But in addition to that, you're absolutely right. Good nutrition is, uh, is a key part of uh, helping people recover from this and uh, getting you know, those good quality macronutrients that will help to support our body and fight off infections. Uh, through foods, through whole foods, rather than through supplements. I don't think there's a huge amount of evidence to support yeah. uh, supplements in, in such situations. But um, nonetheless, if people want to do that, that's fine. But yes, getting getting things that we know to be real food. I'm, I'm very sort of uh, passionate about talking about healthy nutrition. And uh, I think there's, there's probably no more important time to do that when the body is weak or sick. Yeah. Is there any ones you can recommend? Um, any types of foods you can recommend? Can't go too far wrong with vegetables, salads, fruits, uh, nuts, seeds, uh, legumes. Um, and if you do eat meat, then obviously make sure that it's uh, healthy cuts. And um, yeah, that would, that would be the main things. It's and lots of water, lots of water to drink. Yeah, because they're saying that if your mouth's dry, you're more skeptical to get this stuff. So keep your hydration levels up and your mouth's not dry. So. That's kind yes, of stuff. And, and here's what, you know, this is, this is an interesting one because obviously with health and stuff, fitness, you know, I go to a gym, you know, every day basically. And now the advice is don't go to an area where a lot of people are around. I mean, 
it's a difficult one because going to the gym is keeping yourself fit, active and cardio and et cetera. So wh- where do you lie mm-hmm. with that? Because should you go to the gym because the advice is it? Or what's your thoughts around that without giving advice? But what's your own sort of thoughts around that? Should we avoid them kind of places for the time being? Yeah, the recommendations there are to perhaps avoid places like the gym. But at the same time, you're right. We do need to get some sort of activity during the day. Yeah. So it is actually safe to leave the house and go for a walk so long as you're keeping a healthy social distance from, from other people, you're not you know, physically touching people. And uh, the advice is a two-meter distance, which is the height of a regular door, just to give you a, a, br- a brief sort of comparison there. Um, and yes, that, that is an important part of recovery. But obviously, don't do that when you're just going through the early stages of the illness, you know, when your body is physically knackered and you just can't bring yourself to do anything. That's yeah. the time that you should be actually focusing on rest and sleep and hydration. So, so kind of an answer to that is basically just, just listen to your body, you know. If you're mm. feeling tired and you're feeling something coming on, like you would with a, a seasonal flu, mm-hmm. then let your body rest and recover. Take the right nutrients and, and you know, things that's going to help you recover. And that mm-hmm. should m- make an impact, won't it, uh, based on uh, what it is. And, you know, touching on the health. So age, I just want to go quick on age. So does this coronavirus, is it, you know, a lot of them say that it's more towards the older type of like 65, 70 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, me as a 41 year old and obviously a bit younger, can we still be, can we still have complications with this virus? Is it, do we treat this really seriously and not just say, well, it's the older generation, not us, we'll just go about our normal days, that makes sense. Is there, is there any, do we need to be concerned about this as well and take it a bit more I, seriously? I, absolutely we should, yes, because obviously if you think about our day-to-day lives, how often do we come in contact with elderly people? Um, And, you know, are we potentially giving it to them without realizing it in an asymptomatic way? Because it it can be devastating for them. And it's not just the elderly. It's, uh, as I said, the immunocompromised and pregnant women and those with chronic illness. So, you know, people with heart disease, respiratory illnesses, diabetes, etc. Anyone who would normally get the the seasonal flu vaccine is would be in that sort of high risk category. And, um, you know, it's important that we, these precautions are really for us to help us protect them. Because yeah. I think people like you and me, if we got it, we'd probably be okay. I mean, the recovery rate is well over 95%. Yeah. But it's not about you and me. It's about all of us. You know, I think I That's read right. a stat today that um, 1.8 people have, have actually uh, died from this illness. But then 1.8 to 63 million people in this country is still well over a million people. Yes, and, are. you know, we, we want to make sure that we're protecting everybody. So the way we do that is obviously make sure we're not making unnecessary physical contact. So handshaking, hugs and kisses, uh, that's got to just go to one side. Doing our best to avoid any uh, travel or meetings, things like that. Just do your best to do those virtually like you and I are now. Yeah, yeah we are. And stay at home. But, I mean, it's hard. Let's be honest. You, know, yeah. it, you, you try telling someone that they can't kiss their child goodnight. That's, that's a really tough thing to say. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, but it's, it's at the same time, it's, it's very important. It is. And, you know, to sort of come towards the end of this little session that we've done together, what mm. would you say? Because time-wise, I mean, you know, this has come out of the blue. You know, from, from last year, we didn't, we're doing all this, like, you know, distancing. Mm. I mean, if when I'm talking to business owners, they all want to know, okay, when, when's this going to end? When can we get back onto it? You know, how long? I know it's difficult to answer, but, you know, as much as we can like, not panic about it, in business, we still need to operate. 
how long do you think we would be in this kind of stage? I know you can't put a, an actual figure. Have you got, have you guys any thoughts about it? Because we can't really go back to normal until this is kind of like, we're on top of this, right? I mean, China seems to mm. have gone, gone back into potentially opening some Apple stores, et cetera. Do you think there'll be three or four months or do you think this is a long, longer term where we're going to be having to watch this? It really depends on how we contain it now in terms of the advice that we're getting from, um, from the government and from NHS uh, and you know, keeping that uh, physical contact to an absolute minimum, keeping that two meter radius and staying at home wherever possible. Make sure we're getting our news from trusted sources. That's a, a key thing I'd advise. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that's really going to determine how things go. I think if we're the more cavalier we are about this, the longer it's going to last. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's why I'm sort of urging people to to take these precautions. And, you know, even if they're completely well and they feel absolutely fine, nonetheless, let's think about everyone. Let's think about our community, um, our family as our friends and do what we can to to protect them. So in a sense, what we you know, what, what we're saying is basically you've got the advice from the government. Mm-hmm. If you need to self isolate, self isolate by not doing that, what we're doing is actually making the problem stay longer with us because potentially potentially yes. potentially so it's all potential at the moment but yeah no that's great so look you know i want to uh, thank you for coming on because i know you guys are really busy with the medicals and i really wanted to get you on and just talk to you about the questions i'm getting asked i get asked loads of questions and i said look the best thing for me to do is have a chat with someone i know well and obviously a general practitioner knows this stuff and give some kind of advice which is a bit more relative to the medical industry um but you know you, you do something yourself you've got your own podcast as well do you want to share the podcast so people can obviously follow you and, and learn stuff about what you do as well? Yes, sure. My podcast is called Enduring Health. It's been around for about a year and a half now. It's doing all right. And uh, yeah, we do talk about lots of natural things we can do to protect ourselves, much like we've been talking about today. And uh, I, I do think that it's always better to look at these kind of proven lifestyle approaches rather than waiting on uh, a new pharmaceutical product to come and bail us all out because that, that can be too late. And uh, in addition to that, I do want to say that, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, social media posts and everything, please get your information from trusted sources. So in the UK, it's um, www.nhs.uk. And obviously there's also www.gov.gov.uk. And just be cautious about sharing stuff on social media, please. That's one of the really big things I'd want to, because, you know, inducing fear and panic is not going to help anybody at all. Um, we've got to really act responsibly and make sure we're doing what we can to look after ourselves and each other. Yeah, and also like denying it, you know, pushing it, same things, yeah, just to get Mm. some attention because I'd shared a post on LinkedIn and mine was very generic, you know, plan, prepare, prioritize, Mm. follow the government website and just just put things in action, you know, don't listen to anything else saying X, Y, and Z, think about yourself. And yeah, that's, that's really good for you to share that. I'm sure everyone will follow that. And uh, would you want to leave us with a positive note? Because you started by saying, you know, you, you're doing what you do. Can you leave us some positive uh, sort of, uh, so, that, so the audience can look at that? Um, gosh, I'm going to do my best to. It's a very difficult time. Um, I think I'm just seeing and hearing so many stories of communities coming together yeah. and looking after each other. Um, and it really is, is uh, heartwarming to hear that, you know, people leaving flyers around saying, look, you know, I've heard you're not well. This is my number. If you need anything or give me a call, let me know. Happy to talk. I'll drop something around. 
And uh, I think th these attitudes are really what get us through difficult times yeah. um, and always have done historically. Um, that's something that, uh, that I'm really, really pleased to, uh, to see and hear. That's excellent. I want to thank you for coming on once again. I know you're really busy. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing your, your, your thoughts and hopefully people will follow you now and uh, yeah, get the information right. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, Jay. And um, yep, good to talk to you again. It's been a little while. We should catch yeah, up sometime. We should. We will catch up. Thank you. Take care.